What's going on, guys? Hello. Welcome to Movie Schmovie, episode number 84. Hmm. Correct? Am I right on that? 84? You were right. Okay, good. Yeah. That's what we call the Orwell. My math is correct on that. The Orwell? Mm-hmm. Explain, John. George Orwell wrote the I novel understand. Nights. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I just wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> <laughs> to see if you actually you would. Know, you, notice how quick, you notice how quickly I ditched I the sentence that I was like, well, Steve got, Steve's got it. <laughs> well, we're laughing. I hope everyone out there listening is having a laugh, That's too. just the taste. I know. That's, that's, just, just, that's just the tip. This is the... That's just the tip. I'm so sorry. So, yeah, tonight we're going to do the fall preview. We've done this. I know we did it last year. I guess you guys may have done it before that mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So this will be the, the third annual um, Movie Schmovie fall preview. Wow. That sounds weird. Yeah. That there's been three. Oh, uh, it's, it's a long way coming. Long time coming. Long way coming. <laughs> Color, are you color coding that for me? I am color coding yes, it. The, the, the subtext for this episode is that Ronald is exhausted. I think, which in might, life, yeah, in life. <laughs> he's tra- not feeling it. These Transitional days. period. It's beautiful though. Yeah, There's something beautiful about it though. But before we get into the, the the fall preview, which we will do just shortly. We wanted to kind of just touch base on, I think, two things. Yes. We, we were able to see one of this, the, today's releases, this week's releases, the, the really the big release, mm-hmm. in uh, Insidious Chapter 2. Insidious Chapter, chapter two. 2. I almost <laughs> said Insidious 2 Chapter 2. Yeah. Second chapter. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Insidious Chapter 2 in theaters. Um, James Wan returned to directing it. Lee Wanell wrote it. Who must have had deja vu about a lot of things in this film that were similar to... I mean, not only is it a sequel to, obviously, yeah. uh, Chapter 1 of Insidious, but it's also so close on the heels of The Conjuring. It yeah. it like it reminded me of like the inferior sibling of The Conjuring Absolutely. in some ways. Now, I was mm. not a huge fan of Insidious. I know you enjoyed it quite a I bit. I did, yeah. I was not a fan of it either. This movie picks up pretty much exactly where the last movie left off. And actually, if there's anything that's kind of interesting about Insidious 2, Insidious Chapter 2... Uh, is the you think there's going to be a third chapter, Steve? Is Absolutely. It, is it heavily no implied at the end of this film? No or? doubt. But the, the most interesting thing about this movie might be the way that it doubles back and connects to some of the events of the first Insidious. Which again, even though it didn't really stick in my mind as a particularly great movie, there were scenes I remembered that this movie kind of replays from a different angle, and that that was actually well played and kind of interesting. It reminded me of like the way a Back to the Future movie would go back. A sequel would would go back and kind of show you events from the last movie from a different point of view. Yeah, from a different set of eyes. No, yeah, that was really interesting. I mean, that's something that I know myself and a lot of people were wondering, like, how are they going to make a sequel out of this film? Um, I mean, you the first one ends on a note that you say, okay, there's a sequel, or there could be a sequel. But you wonder, like, is that the intention, or was it the intention with that movie? Like, did they know they were going to make a sequel? Yeah. And when they announced they were, and that the, that the two original writer and director were coming back to the sequel... You know, it was like, well, what are they going to do to further that last shot? And like you said, it picks up right where that last shot ends in the first one, which oh, is kind of cool. That is and, cool. And, you know, the setup in the first, like, you know, maybe 30 minutes of the movie or so, 40 minutes, um, it felt kind of stale to me. Like, I, I was yeah. kind of curious to see what was going to be that tie or what was going to explain why or how or why do I give a shit that this is continuing? Because mm-hmm. um, admittedly, I was a huge fan of that first film. And, and they really, they really do repeat so many things from the first movie yeah. 
I, I will give them, again, at least the credit that once they build up to what they're building up to, you see that they, they, they were twisting it a little bit. But the feeling you have in that first half hour is really like, oh, my God, I've seen this exact that, moment before. Yeah, I was very not just discouraged. In, not just in Insidious, but in The Conjuring. I mean, the you know, it's the creepy noises in the house. Someone's walking around the house. They're investigating. It starts to really feel like James Wan... <laughs> He, I mean, I, what I was noticing in this movie was, well, they, they, they've changed the wallpaper. This house is, <laughs> this house is in, similar. you know, the house in The Conjuring was kind of falling apart. This house is in better shape. But I kept uh. noticing, like, what are the differences between this movie and that movie in terms of the way the scares are laid out? And sometimes it was really hard to tell, you know, another actress walking uh, up a stairway very slowly. This movie, I, did you notice they had creepy red lights in the, the house? stained glass. Yeah, the stained glass with the, yeah. gave them some creepy red lights. I, I feel like comparing it to Conjuring is kind of interesting because The Conjuring is like, Stuff happens, but it's a lot of nothing happening. Yeah. You know, it's like that where you don't deliver on that scare or like, you know, or it's just like a little bit of a tease to it mm-hmm. where this is much more, I guess, fast paced. Like when something you think will happen, it pretty much does. Oh, okay. And, it, and it's much and it's similar in Insidious. You know, I felt like it's the same way. Um, but but kind of going back to what we were saying about how it does tie to the first film, I would definitely say that's the strongest part of this movie. And there's a couple of cool scenes that I was definitely kind of into um, the, the 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 main I guess villain uh, ghost the the bride in black from the first film, um, which found you know Patrick Wilson's character Danny. Oh no 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 I'm sorry Josh Josh yeah the other um, what is it Dalton is the other is his son yeah that was that was the ghost that like was basically haunting Patrick Wilson's character from the first film and that's kind of the anchor of what they're investigating and mm-hmm. and it kind of has like a little bit of a more of a mystery element to it in terms of uh, the two paranormal investigators like kind of kicking off this whole investigation about you know what actually specs happened. and beard yeah specs and beard right right you said it should have been called beard yeah there's actually specs and tucker but it's just, i just was noticing in this movie <laughs> that the one guy's named specs the other guy should just be named beard because that's his one character trait he's got a big beard yeah uh. and you maybe remember them they were like the bumbling comic relief kind of from insidious gotcha. and they, specs is actually the is lee now he's yeah. the writer but you can tell because he's not that great of an actor <laughs> he found his way into this <laughs> yeah, right. film one way or another. Right. somehow he got a like, good role in this, this film yeah right uh, much like Saw. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I had fun with it. I, I, I didn't love it. I definitely was a little disappointed. Definitely because I love The Conjuring, even mm-hmm. though they're two different things. I was like blown away by The Conjuring, loved it. Mm. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the same. I feel like people that liked Insidious, I think will still enjoy this film. Um, I just felt like it, it just felt too much of a retread until you see where the connection's being made. And then at that point... It, I was definitely more into it. Yeah, the and idea, I was a lot the more idea, invested. the the idea of the the ghost that's actually doing the haunting in this story. When that there's a pretty neat reveal when you right. find out who the ghost is, uh, and it's it ties into the first one and it ties into ideas that you kind of know are in place for this one. I thought that aspect you call it the mystery aspect, but I do think that aspect of you it's kind of unraveling and you're sort of figuring out what's really going on. I don't remember that much about it, the specifics of the plot of Insidious, and I found myself thinking. Maybe certain moments would have had more of an impact if I had like cared to remember more details about Insidious, right. or if I had gone back and watched it. Carl was he in the first movie? No. So there's a new character who kind of is the, the is like an old friend of the paranormal investigator who who died at the end of the first movie. Mm. Do you remember that actor, Lynn, actress Lynn Shay? Yeah. Played her. Mm. So she, her old friend is in this movie, and he's kind of a main character, and he has he, the way that he contacts the dead is kind of an interesting way of doing it 
and there's a few ways in this movie that you see different people who have like a gift for contacting the dead and they do it in different ways. Some of that stuff felt kind of fun to me and almost reminded me of something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer where it's like a genre thing and they're kind of, they're sort of spoofing it while they're doing it. But um, yeah, I mean, I think in the end, the silliness was what undid most of the scares. There weren't really that many scenes that played that scary. Definitely not. Which is a problem for a movie like this, I think. But more because I don't think that that was as damaging to it as the kind of retread aspect. I really did feel like these are shots, even scenes that would have made me jump and that I think made the audience jump. I found myself thinking like, wasn't that the exact same shot of a ghost in white moving across a hallway in the background in The Conjuring or in another movie? And one thing I... One thing I will say was was that really left an impression on me was uh, something I I took notes. You know, I'm back to taking notes. You guys know I used to take notes and I lost my notebook and then I yeah. didn't, didn't take notes in movies anymore. But I'm back at it, <laughs> so I get to write little things down like Patrick Wilson, supernatural dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think Patrick Wilson is clearly having fun in this movie playing this twist on this character. And there's one scene that actually was one of the most suspenseful in the movie, and it's a scene where Carl has come to, he's basically come to, and he's trying to sedate Patrick Wilson's character for reasons I don't want to get into. And then Patrick Wilson is, his character Josh, is also trying to figure out what this what this old guy Carl is doing. And there's a moment between these two guys that really reminded me almost of like a moment on Breaking Bad, where you yeah. have two characters where we know what both of them are up to, and they're trying to figure out what the other guy's up to. And it's just this moment of tension, and the suspense plays out in a, in a long enough scene that you're going like... I don't know what's going to happen because one character seems to get the upper hand and then the other character seems to get the upper hand and it plays out as just a conversation between the two guys. And it was genuinely a good scene. Like, I think, you know, James Wan can still put together a a creepy scene even when the movie's not working that well. And in that right. sense, it reminded me of some of the things that worked well about The Conjuring. But that was really, you know, one scene in, what, a 100-minute movie right. that really stuck with me right. the, and i agree with you that the image of the bride in black there was a cup there were a couple of shots of that character up close that were sort of like the stuff of nightmares and that absolutely and, and, that, and that worked for me you know yeah does the mediocrity of this movie affect your perception of the conjuring <sighs> in a way it does but i don't think it would if i were to watch the conjuring again in like six months or something like that i don't think i'd be thinking about insidious 2 okay. i think it was more that this it it more hurt this movie than than the conjuring but it does make me think maybe james wan shouldn't have two very similar movies coming out within like two months of each other yeah it's very close i mean well, that almost seems like it's a good thing for him but the two movies are so similar in terms of the type of horror that they are i don't mm-hmm. know what do you think of that aspect steve i i mean that that point yes but i don't think that this has anything that it doesn't affect okay. my judgment of the conjuring at all per i mean if anything you know what well, i feel like it makes me like the country more you know yeah, mm-hmm. but, so much better yeah it I, sounds it, like it's it, a lot better it just it just um it just it just feels mediocre to me i mean there's a couple standouts here and there like pieces that like you know the scenes that you talk about mm-hmm. but otherwise it's kind of just yeah. standard it didn't it felt more standard to me where i felt like insidious even personally stood out a lot to me but you know, it just you know, it felt like a sequel. It felt like you know, a cash grab maybe. But I have no doubt there will be a third one. If if this makes the money that the first one made, it, it they will make a third. The one. audience seemed pretty well manipulated by the movie. Like they were laughing when they yeah, were supposed no, to they, laugh. The audience was totally into it, and mm. I mean, a lot of the feedback afterwards was a lot better than I thought it was. Just my reaction to it, but. But I did th- I did hear more laughs than like scares as far as the way the audience overall reacted. It was that kind of tense laugh, and I know one of your least favorite things is people laughing. At horror movies, yeah. but I feel like this audience was laughing more in the spirit. The movie definitely has a few moments where there's a little bit of tension, and then there's a laugh that kind of 
cuts the tension. But but Ronald, whenever you don't make it to a movie that we're seeing, I always try to make note of any bad dialogue that I thought you might appreciate. Mm. So there's two pieces of dialogue that I that I jotted down this time. That one was when a cop, and it's something about the way the cop delivers this line. He delivers it in a kind of casual, like I'll call you later about this kind of way. And it's when he's talked to Rose Byrne about whether her husband is responsible for the death of this woman who has these, who was killed in such a way that her neck has these, these, these really gouges, these marks on it, really deep gouges. And uh, he says to her, I'll let you know if forensics matches those marks to your husband. <laughs> That's a nice casual thing to let someone. Right. Like, I'll give you a call. If, if it seems that you're going home with a murder, I'll give you a ring, a ringy ding. Um, and the other weird. one was later, when the, the main villain says, I miss pain. I've forgotten how much I liked it but not as much as inflicting it on others. That sounds like something from Batman, like the first Batman. <laughs> it, was like the, it was just a really ham-fisted line, and it was like, bear with me here. I miss pain. Are you with me? I had forgotten how much I liked it. Here's the twist. Not as much as I like inflicting it on others. You don't know to be scared until the end of that. Very yeah. hammy. It's yeah. very... And Patrick Wilson is an actor who is kind of hammy. I mean, I like he him is, in certain bro. roles, but... He sounds like his voice is dubbed on almost every movie that he's in for some reason. Because he's got this very, yeah. you know. <laughs> very dubbed sound to, to his voice. I agree. <laughs> I love so, that so, so if you're a fan of the first one, I'd say still see it. Yeah. I, I think you'd enjoy it or, or be entertained at least by it. Because, you know, it is more entertaining, I think, than it is scary of anything. But it's in theaters now. Did you notice that about 15 minutes in or... Did did you see those people that left about 15 minutes into the movie that had a baby? No. It was like 15 minutes in when things started to get a little bit like there, there had been a couple of big scares and it had gotten kind of loud. But it wasn't right. as though you didn't know what kind of movie this was. Right. And these people, these two people ran down and they had like the... Oh, I did see that. The, like, the You're baby, right. You're right. Like the kind of like, you know, like a carrier for a baby that you would snap into a car seat, that kind of carrier that you carry around when a baby's like six months old or smaller why would you go to the movie why would you go to see that movie at the, yeah <laughs> this is a mistake yeah it's just insane and then they even kind of stopped you know how people will stop and stand in the little aisle and yeah. kind of still watch the movie they yeah. stood over there for a while and i was just thinking what who are you <laughs> satan references we must go <laughs> what did they think it was gonna be about insidious you know <laughs> there's not much uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs yeah, maybe they like, didn't think so weird <laughs> so yeah that's that yeah the other thing you wanted to mention, John, was two years from now. Oh yes, just 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 shorter two years from now might be when the world ends. Well, it was like it was it was <laughs> th this past week they announced that Ant Man, the Edgar Wright movie, which I'm more interested in that as an Edgar Wright movie than I am particularly as like a superhero or comic book movie, but that Ant Man was moved forward from November of 2015 to July of 2015, which means that it's coming out like a couple of months after the Avengers Part Two. But also in the same summer as uh, Jurassic World, which was just announced, Batman and Superman, and Star Wars Episode Seven, which hasn't oh. been given an official date yet. But they're saying still summer. There's been some talk that Star Wars might come out in December, but Star Wars has always been a May thing. They've it's definitely coming out in May. 2015. That's definitely. The, that's, that's they're the, sticking to that. They're sticking I, to it. Okay. But I could see moving it to the holidays only because that's getting awfully crowded. And another movie that actually kind of fits into that trend, but it's a little earlier, the Fantastic Four movie directed by Josh Trank who directed uh, Chronicle. Chronicle. And the reason that seems interesting to me is because that means the director of Chronicle has Fantastic Four and the director of uh, Safety Not Guaranteed has Jurassic World. So that's a case we've talked about that trend of like indie directors kind of being yeah. given a shot at wow. something big. So that's just a lot of, a lot of big movies coming out 
I mean, it, it, you would think any one of those movies might own the summer that they're in if they, it's crazy. if they're actually good. But yeah. The Dark Horse that summer, though, is definitely Smurfs 3. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, you of forgot course. to mention that. I did. John. I did. We need something to replace fucking Iron Man. If I, if I, I'm done. I'm done with all those movies. I mean, Avengers. All is... those? You mean like Avengers and Captain Thor, all that stuff? Or... Captain no, Thor. Just, just, Captain Thor. Just Iron Man movies. <laughs> they, took the, they took them together. Just Iron Man just movies. Just Iron Man. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Avengers, I'm definitely looking forward well, to. Well, they don't even have, I think they they are too. I mean, their their idea was that there, there are no more Iron Man movies planned right now. I, di- I just think there needs to be a new big superhero movie or something. A new big movie, period. Maybe maybe if the new Star Wars movie is good, that, yeah. that'll... I, I kind of feel like we need something like a, a big story, like a Lord of the Ringsy sort of thing. Like, uh, yeah, well, I mean... I d- we're d- due for something like that. Next summer, there's a lot of big stuff coming out, too, but... It does seem like all those really huge movies. They just kept saying summer of 2015, and I started thinking, "Wow, that's a, that's just it's getting be insane, awfully yeah. crowded." That I, I, what I wonder is because we talked last time about that whole the way that in the summer it's not always it's not always obvious what the what the big films are. The way that like Iron Man came out, and like you said, it eventually made you know 1.2 billion. And I wonder, is that going to be good for everybody? Does the does the, the, like do all ships rise with the tide when you have a ton of big movies coming out? I mean, is it almost something intelligent for them to do to say we're all going to schedule it because then that gets people excited? That sounds like a big summer, and so people get geared up for it, and then it does well for yeah. all the movies. Or is it potentially that none of those movies will have like we, you were saying before, Steve, that there's even more of a guarantee that they won't have more than a week? You know, however big you are, then there's a bigger movie coming in a couple of weeks to kind of knock you out. Is it is that good for everybody, or is that gonna is that gonna make the the pieces of the pie smaller for everybody? What do you know about Steve about I, the box I, I office say, history? I would say only if the box office receipts are higher for the year to date. I mean, I think if people are just going to the movies more, then it would benefit everybody because it would be kind of in line with drawing them to a new attraction every week. Yeah. But I think you know, strictly, I mean. It, a lot of times when you read about box office totals for the year, like you'll see the number, but then like the number of tickets is less because of inflation. So I'd say if like that is consistent throughout the year where people are buying more tickets, going to see more movies, mm-hmm. a summer like that would definitely it would benefit everybody involved, I think, because you have something in motion where people are already going to see more films, they're buying more tickets, and now you have like basically the biggest products you have on your slate coming out in the in the span of two and a half months. And mm-hmm. one every week is the big, you know, juggernaut that everybody just has to see. Um, yeah. It does, it's a catch-22, because like you just said, I think it's really tough, though, because th- these movies, like, they're going to make, you know, 30 to 40, maybe 50% of what they make total that first weekend, which, whether it's domestic or international, I mean, that's kind of crazy these days. Like, when we were talking before about the summer recap, movies in the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, like, would stay at number one for weeks, and that would be that word of mouth. They'd have those legs to really kind of bring it. But, I mean, that's a perfect example of what we were saying before where there's so many movies coming out. And that's a summer where I guarantee you there's going to be like 10 movies that make like 80% of the box office for the summer. And and, and most of those titles, too, are sort of the pre-sold movies in Yeah, they're sense. the franchises. Yeah. They're like the remakes, the reboots, the 
So like word, word of mouth doesn't seem that magic of word of mouth that it can do for a for a movie that people weren't expecting. It doesn't right. seem like that really applies to any of those. What I do note too when I look at that list is that it doesn't include any of the type of movies that were actually my favorite movies of this past summer. You know that these are all the movies that you see on the horizon and you see them coming and it seems yeah. like oh my god that movie's going to be big or it could be great, but those oftentimes turn out to be the movies that once they go by you go what was the what yeah. were we all so excited about? You know, I don't know. I I mean I think those are all pretty you can assume that certain things about those movies might be really good I'm, i guess jurassic world i'm not so sure of but i you know just from the fact that they chose kind of an interesting director and that i've always been a sucker for the for the the dinosaur yeah me <laughs> you know too. like me too. the dinosaur movies i think that it would be interesting to see what they do with it but it could also have you seen that piece of footage that they released i was about to ask you the pitch reel it looked sort of i mean maybe that wasn't finished completely but it did look a little bit like simple or like I don't know something about the textures. Or I think the... that I mean that was something they said like it wasn't something that's actually going to be in the movie. It mm-hmm. was like a pitch for for the special effects. Yeah, to whoever got the job or whatever. But um, I think what they're obviously that that pitch was kind of working off of the premise of humans and dinosaurs coexisting. Like that's yeah. that's the takeaway from watching that pitch. We the real for me at least. Yes. Is like you know I thought it was pretty slick. These you know it comes down and grabs it. Have you seen it, Ronald? No. It's like it's surfer. like the flying reptile, uh, pteranodon type bird creature that's like flying around, and then you see it come over a beach, and there's surfers, and it just like swoops through the waves and like picks up a surfer, and like tosses him through the air to another pteranodon, and they toss this guy back and forth. Poor guy, you know. And I guess it's soon, pretty soon, he's like floppy and lifeless, and then they just fly away. Does he die? Well, I guess he's food, and then you see them going back for more. Like one of oh, them, wow. one of them breaks around and swoops back down. And it actually reminded me of the How to Train Your Dragon footage from, <laughs> because there's a lot of like swooping down and then swooping up into the clouds, you know. But it's wow. you know less uh, less heartwarming than that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so yeah, the concept could be great. I mean, that's what you kind of wanted when you were a kid, anyway, which is just to see dinosaurs romping around. But yeah, you know, you just never know. I, again, the fact that they chose an indie director, it, it bodes well for the idea that maybe the project is going to have something interesting about it. But oftentimes those. Those movies turn out to be sort of anonymous, more more than you would want them to be. But, yeah. but yeah, I mean that's huge. And then I I guess to me the whole Ant Man thing, even though we're all tired of superhero movies, I'm I think it's kind of interesting to think that whatever they're doing with the you know the end of those Marvel movies always kind of lead into the next one. And if they have you know two months later a continuation of the Avengers, that kind of fun effect this year that Iron Man three was a little bit of a follow up. It was the first one to come out right. that followed up the Avengers. That's kind of interesting for Ant Man to think that whatever they build up to at the end of Age of Ultron, which is the name of the Avengers sequel, that they might you know it might be some cool tie in that just leads you right into Ant Man. That might be yeah. that might be kind of neat. But also I just think Edgar Wright. I'm sure he's got some something up his sleeve that's going to be fun to watch. Makes it good. Have you seen uh, the World's End yet? Uh no, no, I unfortunately haven't. Have you seen anything, Ronald? Uh, not really. Have you looked at a list of movies that are coming out in the yes! next few months? Oh, there yeah! we go. Let's follow that path. <laughs> I have follow the yellow brick road. I have to what is known as the fall. Well, Steve, you seem pretty. You seem pretty happy with your picks. You went with your heart on this one. I, I went. I went very instinctual. I made a list. I put all the dates out. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at it from it from all, and I went through a lot of the trailers too, just to watch them fresh again. Mm-hmm. Turned on my formatting bar, put on my Control Command or whatever it be, <laughs> and I bolted four titles. Yeah, and never went back, John. Yeah, never, never second guessed myself. Mm-hmm. I might in the next week. I don't know, mm-hmm. but, you know. But at this point, I uh, I'm pretty confident. 
You okay. want to kick us off? Sure, sure. So for September, <laughs> that's the that's the start right there. Actually, yeah. uh, well, we already mentioned Insidious Chapter Two in our brief review. That was one that I was looking forward to. But hands down, the movie I want to see for the month of September is a random movie that I knew nothing about until like I saw a trailer a few months ago. Didn't even know it existed. Mm-hmm. Is Prisoners? Mm-hmm. Oh um, my goodness! And and what put it over the top for me is I mean everything coming out on this movie from Toronto and where it's been screened at different festivals is not only ex- exceedingly positive, but it's like surprisingly positive. Like no one thought this movie was going to be this good in terms of how dark it is, how twisted it is, yeah, what it- the actual twist is or the, 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 the ending, the climax is. And uh, I mean, everybody involved with it is just, I'm fans of. So, I mean, there's nothing about this movie that doesn't get me excited. I love Hugh Jackman. I love seeing him in more of like a dramatic role where basically the film is about, uh, I think it's two daughters, get they, they, they disappear, right? Yeah, it's like Thanksgiving Day and some families are getting yeah. together and two of their daughters uh, go out for a walk and don't come back. And then it seems like it takes place over a relatively restricted time frame where they're right. still trying to find the, the girls alive. They're, and yeah, there's, there's a ticking, yeah. clock, ticking clock. And yeah. the cops aren't moving fast enough and the parents think they've found, or the father, Hugh Jackman plays the father of one of the girls. Terrence Howard seems to play the, other, the other father. Um, and yeah, it seems like there's a little bit of a taking the law into their own hands when they think the law's not moving fast enough to catch a particular guy, played by Paul Dano, who is looks like it's another bad movie Ugh. for Paul Dano. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. No. Yeah. We we ought to one day do, he, just I do mean, like a, a retrospective of all the, the ways he's been brutalized on he film. He loves being a creep, man. Like, I guess he does. He does it so well, though. He does. Yeah. Especially like this he's... movie, he looks like such a... You want to punch him. And, yeah. and I'm not like a punch... And we don't even know for sure that, you know, the movie might go a totally different right, direction. Right, that's the thing. That's like, what I'm excited about because the the more recent TV spots, I, I don't feel like it's really giving anything away, but you do sense that there's a point in this film, you see it, where, like, they actually do catch him. Yeah. And and he gets through the system somehow or whatever. And that's the point that they take it into yeah. their own hands. And, like, Jake Gyllenhaal plays the cop, you know, one of the cops on the case. Oh, uh, he looks like he's uh, going to be so good in it. Yeah. Maria Bella's in it, Vela Davis, Terrence Howard, like John said. I mean, it just looks great. It's got like a ninety something percent, on and it looks like tomatoes. it looks like subtle restrained Terrence Howard too, which is awesome. Yes. You know oh, what I mean? So it doesn't uh, look like uh, not overplayed. Yeah, I, I, I I'm enjoying the whole idea of it making you super uncomfortable. It looks so. It looks like that, that's be, what everything says. Every scene yes. looks like it's going to be so uncomfortable. So can I just go ahead and say this was my pick for September too? This because nothing pick? else is coming out in fucking nothing. September. I really was. I I thought about mentioning uh, the the. Uh, what's it? What's it called? Um, I put cloudy with a chance of en- meatballs. Enough said. Those the Julia Weed Dreyfus, yeah. James Gandolfini movie. Uh, Nicole Holofcener, I think is her name. We'll get a we'll, we'll get an official <laughs> pronunciation, pronunciation on check. that. But she's directed a few interesting movies, and she tends to have kind of a knack for interesting, funny dialogue that's got that sort of real life, but a little bit exaggerated. So it's kind of funny and kind of dramatic. I don't know if you've seen any of her movies, but. This movie is really noteworthy just because it's one of James Gandolfini's last roles, and it's yeah. him playing a apparently like a cuddly romantic character in the movie. Like Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus starts dating him, and then finds out that she's like she's dating her her friend's ex husband. So I mean, it's that type of drama. But the fact that it's one of his last roles and it's a type of character he didn't get to play that often. And yeah. also, I think it's Julia Louis Dreyfus's first movie since 
that awful movie she made with Billy Crystal and Robin Williams. Well, didn't she really? do that? Really? Wow. Father's Day? Wasn't she in oh that? Oh, my God. I think it's her that first movie since that. I might be wrong. Day. I might be wrong, but I know that she hasn't done a movie I just remember loving the Paul time. McCartney song from that, yeah. that movie. But at any, at any rate, I think that, uh, that that could be an interesting movie. But when I was looking at that, yeah, far and away, two asterisks on my list was Prisoners. It just looks so fucking intense. And every now and then intense. you want to see one of those movies that just takes you and puts you through the emotional ringer. I think I want that. I want yeah. that right now. Um. <laughs> but the other movie you you, you were going to say Cloudy with the Chance Cloudy of Meatballs, chance of meatballs two, which does dude, look good the first one was so good I mean I I just chose this because Prisoners I, I know it's going to be good and this the first Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs was so entertaining it kind of snuck up on me I, I, I wasn't expecting I had, it to yeah. be so good yeah agreed it's like what the hell is this and so I don't know I'm kind of banking on this being a good movie it's got some great voice talent isn't that Anna Faris? Yep, Bill Hader, yeah. Anna Faris. Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg, yeah. No, it's very funny. And Mr. T was in the first one, and it sounds like <laughs> someone different in this one. It's uh, isn't it like, is it? Oh my God! Tracy Morgan does a really good. Mr. Is it Terry Crews or Charlie Murphy? Yeah, really? I do think one of the two. <laughs> I do think they're replacing Mr. T for some reason. But oh, at yeah. any rate, it does look and the designs. Of the I mean, you know, again, yeah, I'm, the, I'm, the whole I'm, like world of food becoming like. Beings, like absurd. animals made yeah. out of food yeah it just looks really fun and really creative and def- definitely very funny so I would say those are the only three movies that are remaining in September that seem even I had two other possibles that I, I do want to see um, and it's Ron Howard's Rush which mm-hmm. I didn't that have that comes any... out this month? yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have shit, any interest in it that. really I mean, but the more recent trailers um, I'm, I'm sold I want to see I'm it I'm probably going to laugh a lot while I watch that movie it looks why? It looks like all right. So Ron Howard, great director. There's something so authentic about it that it almost looks funny. You like, mean like the time? Like the time and who, who the character, like the the main character. Mm-hmm. He, it's something about him that almost seems like <sighs> too, 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 like. I wish that they could see the intensity of Ronald searching so for, word. for the word. I've yeah. been watching this commercial. He's holding I'm his a... mouth. He's, he's actually, his hand's trying to help him form the word. <laughs> Every time I watch a commercial, I think, man, this is going to be funny in some ways. Because it's something about a person that is that confident in himself. Oh, yeah. Serious. You mean Chris Hemsworth's character? Yeah, yeah. Chris Hemsworth's character. It just looks really... I, I've heard good things about it. It looks like really it, well it filmed. Does look... And the racing scenes are supposed to be incredible. I'm not a racing fan, but yeah. I mean, it looks pretty Super stylized, but in a, in the best way possible. Yeah. Ron Howard's a good director. So. He can be kind of middle of the road. and So I, I don't know. I, I guess it was a movie that I never became totally excited about, but I um, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure that it'll have some value to it. I, it. It's an interesting subject, you know? I mean, I haven't, I don't know much about the Formula One racers of that period, but I know that I've read a little bit about the, the figures that are covered in the film. And it does seem like there's some pretty interesting larger than life uh, characters in that world. Yeah. So I, yeah, it could be a pretty interesting movie, but there's just something about like, I'm not that into cars. Ron Howard's movies can sometimes be kind of middle of the road. <laughs> so it's just like the perfect sure. storm of potential blandness and potential lack of interest for me. But I could easily see it being an entertaining movie. And and mm. it does look better than it sounds. Like when I saw the trailer, I thought it looked a lot better than I than it kind of seemed on paper. Sure. The yeah. uh, other – actually, I'm sorry. There was two more. It was that. It was uh, also the documentary Salinger, which mm-hmm. – um, looks absolutely crazy to me because i don't know I, i've never really known much about jd Salinger's personal life as he was like crazy uh like averse to any kind of publicity i mean yeah but he just dropped out of sight loving catcher in the rye and I, you know from what i've read about 
the studio like really kind of being behind, not letting anything about this documentary mm-hmm. out until it's re- actually released. Like about, I guess, what they actually uncover, or what they actually are presenting in this film about his personal life. Yeah, mm-hmm. looks really interesting. And then the other one was the uh, was Blue Caprice, which is um the it's a drama inspired by the the Beltway sniper shootings in 2002 with Isaiah uh, Washington, which is apparently incredible. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to see that just because. You know, it was here and, you know, around where we live. And yeah. I can remember it vividly yeah, when it happened. It, was... it looks pretty incredible. But, yeah, September's pretty dry. Prisoners. I, I've heard Salinger is kind of a missed opportunity from a couple really? people that have seen it. That have said that, like, with the footage and the research and everything that they had, they could have made a movie that was put together better. Like, they just oh, said okay. that there was something. Mm. Like, and they said that there's a lot of celebrities talking about J.D. Salinger without really any context for why we're, like, <laughs> why are we hearing Philip Seymour Hoffman's thoughts on J.D. Salinger? You know, that kind of thing. But... But they did say that with the information that they gathered, I think that's what I read, is that they said with the information gathered, they could see a really good movie being made out of it. But just the way this movie was put together oh, it was, was not great. But still, I'm I'm with you in the sense that it's a fascinating subject, and he's a guy who you really don't know that much about. And all I've ever known about him is that he kind of avoided the spotlight. And so him dying Same. has been like a weird change in that. And there's supposed to be a lot of, you know, one of the things I know that they've kind of released this information since the movie came out and it kind of seems like it's it's in tandem with the publicity for the movie they've sort of revealed that supposedly he had five books finished that that his estate has said that were sort of intended to be published posthumously and so they're gonna you know supposedly new salinger books will start coming out in 2015 wow yep wow 2015 is getting crazy yeah that's crazy but at any rate, yeah, I'm still interested. Even when you hear a movie like that's not great, sometimes you think maybe people are expecting a little too much out of a out of a documentary. But but that can happen. You know, documentaries can just be put together poorly or without like a real clear through line to them. So yeah. right. But you're right. Yeah, September. Meh. Not really. Hopefully, pa- Prisoners kicks ass because I'm looking forward to that like high. Um, well, September yeah. really isn't part of the sort of prestige movies. It's kind of like the May. Of of the of the season. prestige season, which, yeah. which is that it's only in recently that it seems like they start putting out like that you can tell the difference between the movies that come out in August and then bam in September you're into that kind of drama more prestige more adult yeah. filmmaking so but October guys is when it really gets interesting <laughs> this is where it goes next level yeah, yeah. or goes turbo uh, so yeah my pick for October is going to be something that I'm hoping that you John or Ronald pick the other one that I was going to pick okay. But I'm going to go with 12 Years a Slave, um, okay. which is a new film from Steve McQueen. Um, so this is the cast. So this is really all I need to tell you. Paul Dano, again, he two for two on my list. Yeah. Uh, Paul Giamatti, Brad Pitt, Does Alfred anybody Woodard. beat the shit out of Paul Dano in this one? I'm sure it happens. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. It's in his contract. Sarah Paulson, Michael Fassbender, and apparently the frontrunner for Best Actor this year, uh, she would tell EGO for it's supposed to be incredible. I watched a couple of doc, uh, featurettes that they released this week about this film. It's based off of an autobiography of Solomon Northrup, you know, a free black man who was kidnapped in D.C. under the guise of traveling around the country playing music, uh, an accomplished musician, and basically was tricked and basically sold into slavery um, and was enslaved for 12 years until he was you know, released. But um, looks incredible. Um, <clears throat> I'm a fan of Steve McQueen's work um, and everybody really involved with it. And I'm really excited to see just another, it's going to sound horrible, but like I feel like a really relevant, really well-made film about that time in, in, yeah. in, in our history. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we talked about it a lot last year, 
with Tarantino's film, but it was different, you know, different all around. No, no, I, I different... was thinking the exact same thing. Is I would love to see that type of attention to the filmmaking and making sure that everything is of that quality and the the acting and everything That's else. It. You would love to see that applied to kind of like the side of things you didn't see in Lincoln or Django Unchained last year, two two big movies that kind of dealt <laughs> right, with right. slavery, but to yeah, see yeah. it dealt with on that human scale with all those, that, those I mean, the acting talent in that film is And, and just the circumstances of an mm-hmm. actual, I mean, just, it's you know, a free man that, you know, basically was stuck in this situation for 12 years that was, you know, just surviving. I mean, that, that like the big thing I read in an interview with him and like the whole character, the idea of this character was that, you know, he obviously was... was trying to remove himself from this situation this is again based on his autobiography but there came a point where his goal was just to survive and not fight mm-hmm. you know not to fight to get out not to try to prove that he was you know a free man before but it was just i need to survive you know it's almost like you don't you you feel like he's giving in but it's almost does that make sense am i yeah, going on yeah. a weird yeah, tangent? It makes sense. like it was really interesting listening to the lead actor talk about the role because i didn't really think about it that way because it's a different thing because it's not like somebody that just that's all they've known their entire life. It's it's a person that was an accomplished man, living equal, you know. And it was, you know, his world was changed, and you know, it wasn't like, and it was a long time. And and to know like his motivation and the way he kind of plays that character is just truly just, I want to live, to see my family again, and not just fight this horrible act that's happened to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's going to be incredible. It's supposed to be great, and I can't wait to see that. I'm I'm looking forward to that too. Um... Yeah. Well, oh, I, oh. I I feel that you've cleared the way, Steve, yes. for me to mention. I laid out the gravel for you, John. A movie that we have talked about actually before, and I think we're all pretty excited to see, but it's Alfonso Cuarón's uh, Gravity, Ugh. which just looks insane. Every still I've seen <laughs> looks beautiful. Every shot I've seen looks beautiful. The the intensity of the, I mean, I haven't seen much beyond the trailer that just sort of shows. What, I don't know if this is a climactic event in the film or if this is what happens at the beginning of the film, but the, the but the space station breaking up and they call it, actually, I, I did a little reading about it. There's this um, thing called the Kessler syndrome, which is when debris, like just outside of our atmosphere, the debris that's in orbit out there is it kind of, it's an accumul- it's a cumulative effect of debris breaking up other debris and then breaking up other debris and it just becomes just this garbage that's floating around uh, just outside our atmosphere so that's pretty crazy but that does seem to be what's going on in the trailer for this movie is just a space station is breaking up and as it breaks up the debris is moving and tearing through the other debris and so it's just it's insane i don't know where the movie goes from there i don't know if the whole movie is sandra bullock floating around in deep (laughs) space or if it goes into any crazy plot stuff that we don't know about if it's just about survival or what but I'm, i'm hypnotized by the trailers I've heard so much about how many long, like there's so many extended shots in this movie. There's so many filmmakers coming out saying that that's that Alfonso Cuaron has, is it Alfonso? Alfonso, yeah. Alfonso. Yeah, I was shortening it. <laughs> but I just want to give you props for Chiwetel Ejiofor. You did Thanks, beautifully bro. with that. Can, I only it, know that yeah. because, it's fun to say. I say only it. knew that because when I, at my old job, I worked on Dirty Pretty Things. Yeah. And I had Which to is say a his great, name all the time. a great movie. But Alfonso Cuaron has, is always putting together these crazy uh, sequences that either due to clever camera tricks or due to just plotting it out there's you know the 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 way that he can use one shot to tell so much information and this story seems like it's just tailor-made for that type of technique where you're just following maybe one or two characters in a crazy tense situation uh it just it just i mean i'm prepared to have my mind blown by this movie agreed 
I couldn't pick. I knew you'd pick yeah, that, so I gave right. the other one some props. <laughs> so we're, we're covered there. Yeah, there's a few other good ones in October, but yeah. definitely that was the one that just, yeah, like you said, Steve, you're, you go with your gut. That's a movie that I cannot wait to see. I don't even know what it is, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, fuck. Um, yeah, I picked, I picked Gravity, so there that goes. But, <laughs> well, but, but I mean, I, it's good. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the one thing about the trailer that happened to me is, is something I am. That happened to you? That ha- well, something I Your job is stressful. something i experienced was like that i've seen a million scenarios that make me uncomfortable but i had never seen a scenario that took place in space that i really felt like i could relate to that sort of fear like whenever i've seen things like it was like a ship blowing up it's always like ah i killed it like oh i've blown up but but seeing <laughs> what movies are you watching? <laughs> you know what I was thinking the about Muppets in Space. No, <laughs> it reminds me. Uh, what's the name of that show with the puppets in space? The Muppets. <laughs> the puppets. Mystery Science. No, it's like it, it, it's like a '70s show. Yeah. Oh oh, uh, Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds or, oh, wow. with yeah. the marionettes, the <laughs> yeah, creepy the, creepy marionettes yeah. with the creepy eyes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like that sort Nightmares. of stuff would happen all the time on those. Mm-hmm. And and like space seems like far away, but then when you see something like that, you're the only person who saw the trailers for Gravity, thought this looks good, <laughs> like Thunderbirds. <laughs> like Thunderbirds. <laughs> Thunderbirds was so good. Yeah, it's like it's how topic. how fucked would you feel if you were just drifting out into yeah. space? Aimlessly. We, we have no frame of reference for that. Yeah, like, right. You can't even think of something right. that would compare to that. Mm-hmm. I can't. What yeah. I would think it would be. There's nothing. It's there's like nothing. if you were. The only thing that comes close would be being somewhere in the depths of the ocean. You know that's what I, mean? what I was thinking. That, that that's sense exactly. of like you're in an environment that you that like this is not for you. Like you're out, you're out in space. It's like okay, if, mankind, you're but, never more helpless. But but the, but the ocean seems like a baby pool. Yeah, and I don't think it's that long of a movie. Ninety minutes. That seems like a smart decision, though, to me. Right. No, but it seems like therefore, yeah. it, if it seems like it's if it's at ninety minutes, that seems like it's free to be completely tense and completely taut from beginning to end. And so, yeah, I can handle it. Wear I'm diapers like... is probably it's probably the best advice for all of us. But what are some other movies in in uh, October that you might have liked to mention? There's one big one for me. Uh, is the counselor? The yeah, that's Scott put, film. That that's looks, looks that's really good. Another noteworthy thing about that movie is just that it was the scr- this the first spec screenplay by the uh, you know acclaimed novelist Cormac McCarthy, right. who wrote the book that uh, No Country for Old Men was based on, and also The Road. The Road. And so it's pretty exciting when a writer of that caliber takes on a screenplay as a project, and then the cast is amazing. I mean, it's got uh, Michael Fassbender, it's got Javier Brad Bardem, it's Brad got Brad Pitt, Pitt, it's got Penelope Cameron Cruz. Diaz. Yeah, it looks crazy. Good. Yeah, Rosie Perez. But Ridley Scott's made made interesting duds before. So other picks. I had uh, I only had two other ones besides what you just said. I had the Carrie remake, only because I just have to see it because it's a horror movie and I I'm just really intrigued. The casting seems really good in it as well. Julianne Moore yeah. uh, mm-hmm. as the mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- whatever, make fun of me. But I really want to see Runner Runner. I want to see it too. You have, you, it's not yeah. on my list, but I. You know what I'm talking about, right? That's yeah. the one with oh, Ben Affleck yeah. and Justin Affleck. Timberlake. Of you know, course. that's the movie that was the basis of Justin Timberlake coming out and publicly endorsing Ben Affleck as Batman. 
okay. There it is. If he anyone looks... was if anyone was waiting for Justin Timberlake's feelings about who about how <laughs> Ben Affleck would do, he came he came out and he basically said he backs up Ben okay. and, he, and he just worked with him. But the, the the trailer for Runner Runner is one of the reasons why I'm not excited because I feel like Ben Affleck looks like he's pulling a Bruce Willis in that. It looks like he's just kind of grinning his way through that movie probably, a little bit. But probably. Um, I thought also that month uh, a movie that I missed at the Maryland Film Festival this year but zero charisma actually gets a wide release or at least goes i don't know i don't know how quickly it's going to be available in all markets but right. it gets released october 11th which i'm looking forward to that and then there's a movie called adult children of divorce starring adam scott oh, that yeah. looks like it might be kind of yeah, fun yeah. and then there's a crazy silly comedy about a demon that comes out of a guy's butt that stars ken marino have you seen trailer I've for seen this the movie. bad milo oh, okay or is that what it's called bad milo yeah. is it funny it's very funny it, it looks is? funny it's yeah. funny I I mean, it's got see a great it. cast it's, and the concept is so silly. over the top yeah it's well i mean so it looks crazy. right yeah so that's that, another one like, you get to see it it's, okay it's fun Run. And I've always thought Ken Marino was was funny, and it's yeah. good to see him kind of carry a kind of movie where it looks like they're going to play off of his his persona, which usually he gets, you know, usually a lot of him in pain is usually pretty funny, and it looks yeah. like a lot of pain comes a lot to Ken of Marino. Rectal pain, yeah, <laughs> anal pain. Uh, yeah, that's all I had that month. I mean, there's uh, some other ones, but they don't make my list. Machete Kills, um, The Protector Two. There's there's a random movie called We Are What We Are. Have you heard of this film? Mm-hmm. It's a remake yeah. of a 2010 Mexican that's horror a- film. About a family of cannibals and like what outs them is like the mother dying and like they basically do this like toxicology test on her and she has this like this rare disease that comes about from uh. eating human flesh and it's like oh. it's them getting uncovered. It, I saw the trailer like last week and I'd never heard of the ri- original right. film, I never heard of this movie. The trailer's really good. It sounds really creepy and yeah, intense. Yeah, and, tra- and the trailer makes it look super creepy too. Yeah. So I definitely want to check that out. But um, But yeah, that's October. October. So oh, blue see. is the warmest color. I don't know if you saw anything about that. I uh, read about it's like that. Like a foreign movie looks pretty good. Yeah, I don't know much about it though. Um, that's on my list. Don't worry, Steve. You're forgiven. I'll find out later. <laughs> so let's see. Now this is where shit gets real. Nav. Okay. Yeah. Nav deck. <laughs> Nav slash deck. Nav deck. Get it, crazy. It just gets crazy. I don't even. I have like 20 movies on this list. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I mean, like, sorry guys. Uh, but my November pick. <sighs> Ooh. <clears throat> okay, I'm sticking with this. Mm-hmm. Is The Wolf of Wall Street. Fuck. Uh, first movie from Scorsese since Hugo. Uh, back with DiCaprio. Based on true story, factual parts, whatever. It looks crazy. The excess of a stockbroker. McConaughey, Jonah Hill, Spike Jones. Oh, McConaughey looks so good in this. Yes. Kyle Chandler's in it. I There's two McConaughey movies this month that I couldn't decide between. I went with this. Only because of the familiarity with the topic mm-hmm. and, and the source. But uh, I don't even know what else to say. The trailer is incredible, I think. I know. I was gonna, I was, one of the most entertaining like two or three minutes I've seen this year. What a way to sell a movie. Like So exhilarating. Yeah. The, the Kanye West, the the crazy scenes. It's like too much. There's like almost... monkeys in this. Or <laughs> some, there's something, like an animal yeah. involved, I think, yeah. with Jonah Hill's character. In that, yeah, scene, really that scene where he's like humming that song to him. Mm-hmm. To break up the craziness, it makes it even better. It's, it looks so good. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it looks like everything you like about Scorsese, everything you like about McConaughey, everything you like about DiCaprio, everything you like about Jonah Hill. You know what I mean? Every This it's movie really, really looks good. like it's going to be so just full throttle. I mean, just I, and, and, the, and the world that it's about is about these guys that were really living fast. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, it's the kind of junk stock sales, right? I mean, yep. it's it's basically about investor fraud. Yeah. 
Um, and in fact, I think the book that this is based on, or the guy's story that this is based on, was also the basis of the film Boiler Room, yeah. which is Boiler Room is what they call those 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 offices where it's a bunch of guys just you know furiously selling shit on the phone. What do you think of Ben Affleck in that movie? Affleck. I thought Ben Affleck was pretty good in that. Yeah, movie. thank you, John. That's what I was going for. That's like the one thing that I could usually throw to people that hate the Affleck and be like, "What about Boiler Room?" I gave you a dramatic pause, but I but I can't really. No, I I he's been he's been great in a few things. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. love Boiler Room. Yeah, I really do. Actually, one of my friends. Uh, his, I was trying to think who else was really great in that. Um, uh, Rabisi's in it. That's right. Yeah, I wanted even to say Diesel, Seth Green, I but I knew it wasn't it. Seth Green. It was Rabisi. Nikki Katz in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my buddy. Uh, a guy that he was in a fraternity with, like it's his brother, or like directed that film. It was oh weird. wow! They had like a wow. screening for it at their college and everything. It was really at their fraternity house. It was really cool. But uh, but yeah, Wolf of Wall Street. I'm just the, everything clicks for this movie. I know. Like, I can't wait. Just every piece of interest that I have in in terms of stars that I like, topics that I'd be interested in, directors that I would want to watch. Yeah. This is it's got it's all peppered together. Nicely. Well, don't we all sort of hope that Scorsese makes another movie that we feel like is really like Goodfellas or something, totally. where he delves into this culture and he gives you all these characters and it moves fast and it goes across an era. I think we're all sort of always hoping, even though you don't want any guy to re- repeat himself, but you're just always hoping that those directors who've made one of those unassailably great films are going to do something yeah. of that caliber. And this really looks to me like it's that entertaining. It's you know? so good. Yeah, it does. So good. And I would say that was my pick too. That's That got the double asterisk for Nav. But I want to just go ahead and throw a little mention to Spike Jones's film, Her, Starring Joaquin Phoenix and the voice of Scarlett Johansson, that oh, looks man, that does look super great. beautiful and super entertaining. And everything I've heard about it sounds like it's just a true romance. Like I, I can't tell if it's a if I, it seems like it might be a movie that gets creepy, or if it's about the technology. But it seems like it's very much about a guy who falls in love with a synthetic personality on the computer. So it's kind of like a Siri type personality that, but it's it's a little bit speculative. It's a little bit fanciful that it's like he gets his new computer and it seems like he goes through the process of kind of learning its personality while it learns his personality and in the course of that the the only plot descriptions i found have said that they fall in love so i don't know if it's going to be a sweet movie or if it's going to be about (laughs) this computer starts killing people in his life because it's jealous or what but with with spike jones you just don't know he always does such interesting things and i'm not sure if this is true but i think this is the first movie that he's just flat out written and directed like it's got a spike jones writing credit on it and he's directing it he's co-written i think he he co-wrote uh where the wild things are but i think this is the first time that he's done both so that makes me that you know that heartens me to think that we might see a different side of him than we've seen previously have you ever seen that short that he did with the two robots that fall in love man yeah it's great if that's any indication of Mm -hmm. how this is going to be this reminds me of you know that show that you recommended to us like that anthology show black mirror yeah that one episode in the second season with uh, the, oh, the yeah. husband that dies. Yes. And she like orders him like through email. Yeah. And like basically he's communicate she's communicating with his memories, all of his social media. That's a really good. Th- that this this really film good. reminds me a lot of that of that episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Which I mean, that was great and this yeah. looks great too. It does look good. Um my pick. Alright, so every director has their movie that really defines I don't know. I've always thought he was a good director. It's just that because his his movies can be a little heavy-handed. Okay, here we go. On occasion, <laughs> I think that there has to be a point where he is able to tell a story that's a little more universal. Because he tells a lot of stories that are really well done, but they speak to a certain audience. Because I mean, because it's it's 
it's his perception of America, and it's accurate in a lot of ways, but everybody doesn't want to hear that truth. Mm-hmm. Spike Lee is given an opportunity, and I think from what I've been reading, that it's going to live up to the expectations, and that's old boy. I think that. But you hate remakes. I hate Ooh, remakes. John, thank I, you. You beat I me to it. I do hate remakes. <laughs> you beat but me to it's it. It's something about. Because I thought before you were going to say every director gets to have his remake. <laughs> something about the feel of this trailer. That makes me feel like this might be a really good movie. Brolin. 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 Samuel Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be really good. The Olsen kid, Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. Something about the combination of those people and Spike Lee being able to tell stories well. I think this is going to be a good movie. That's well, my pick. I wonder how they're going to handle that one. There's a fight in the hallway in Old I'm Boy. That, that I mean, how as a director do you follow up a scene like that? Do you do you adapt it? Do you do something different? I think they're going to use the the camera. I think they're going to use that Spike Lee, uh, what do you call it, the dolly shot. You know, there were some Spike Lee ghosts that. in uh, Insidious Chapter 2. Did you notice there were a few scenes where somebody appeared to be like on a skateboard? Yeah. Like, <laughs> with their arms out, like rolling away or towards the camera? I love that, man. Well, it's so funny how unmotivated it can be in Spike Lee's movies where it's like, oh, here's the scene where Malcolm X skateboards down the, <laughs> yeah. down the street slowly. Uh, but yeah, I'm very interested to see what he does with those. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the more recent trailer, though. Has there been one that's got uh, more besides of a plot that for, in it? I haven't seen anything other than that first one. But it's I'm still pretty. And the stills... Stuff like that. So, what do you? How do you? Do you think they're gonna go full into all the crazy stuff in that? Yeah, the climax of that movie is nuts. I know. I, I, I think they are, and I think they're gonna do it in a way that's they might exceed the sickness of the first one, just because this. I don't know. Something about it looks very like ballsy. I don't know. Balls. Ballsy. Balls. We all just had to. Out there. Yeah, we all had to say balls. That's how mature <laughs> we are. We're getting punchy. It's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Runners up November. Oh man, so many. I don't want to just rattle them off, but what I got? I but have, just rattle them off. That, that probably makes the most sense. You're right. Good, good call. Um, about time, a romantic comedy. Uh, I love those with Demio Gleason and Rachel McAdams and Bill Nighy. From the director of Love Actually. Um, looks pretty good. And he uh, said he's retiring after this. Who? Bill Nighy? No. Or Richard Curtis? Richard Curtis. Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay, well then it better be good. <laughs> That's what he said. He kind of said he you wanted... to him? He called well, you? You know, he called me up. <laughs> no, I read somewhere that he just had said that he really wanted to like focus on his life and other things and that he wanted to like leave with a film that he felt made a, a really important statement. And Yeah, so the he... trailer's great. I mean, it looks really sweet and could be really funny. I, I actually like a lot of his movies. I mean, the big one, like the big blockbuster, like I, I'll check out Thor, and then actually, I'm kind of excited for the new Hunger Games movie. Oh, I'm very excited! I'm like about not that. a fan of I don't know the books. I didn't love the first movie, but the you second, didn't love the first. Okay. I didn't love it. I, I, I didn't. I, I liked it. it. I'm not that, that, that. I thought that I was a good it. reaction for like not really caring about it at yeah. all. But <laughs> this one looks really good. It does. Um, the ones you guys picked are definitely on my list. I want to see a film called Nebraska. Yeah. Never seen a friend of mine saw it and said it was incredible. With um, Bruce Stern and Stacy Keach and, and uh, uh, oh god, Will, no, what's his name from SNL? Oh god, Will Forte, Bill Hader, Will Forte, Will Forte. Is, yeah. it, is it Will? Are we, are we giving him a different? I think, person? It is, Will I think Forte. it's Will Forte. Yeah, yeah, it's Bill Hader, Will Forte. Yeah, it's Will Forte's in it. Apparently, it's great. Yeah. Um, McGruber. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's going to be from now on. The, the one that didn't make it, that it was my very, very close, was actually the Dallas Buyers Club, which I, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, again, another one I knew nothing about besides seeing photos of uh, Matthew an, McConaughey. An emaciated-looking yeah, McConaughey. And, and yeah. Jared Leto. Um, mm. 
based on the true story. Looks great. Jennifer Garner's in it as well. Um, but... <laughs> it looks great. Jennifer Garner's in it as well. <laughs> Come on. I love Jennifer Garner just for the record. Because she loves Ben Affleck. Yeah, right. <laughs> of course, you guys have that. You guys have that in common. Yeah. <laughs> she has a very. What, 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 what? I'm sorry. She has a very muscular face. She does. She's very. Yeah. It's very like, like trim. Skeletal, skeletal face. It's very weird. Um, yeah. Mandela. I want to see Mandela. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, after seeing uh, what's his face as uh, Mandela in uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Isn't is this is Idris Elba? In yeah. The... Yeah. So I don't know. I hope it, I hope it's good. It sounds sort of like a, a weird Scottish something, at some of the scenes. Like, you, have you watched the trailer? Yeah. It's like scenes where it doesn't quite. Oh, you sound. mean his, his accent? His accent's not quite. Whatever it's supposed. He was to be. always able to do the Baltimore accent on the wire really well, oh, and yeah. it hit his British accent. But I, I have seen him in other things where it seems like he's. You know, like that, that his real accent kind of slips through a little. I love Luther. Yeah. Luther. I haven't seen any of the new ones, but. Season season three. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm like halfway through it. It's pretty good. Anything for you? They didn't make No. Didn't say? We covered them all. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Then December. That leaves one month. Deck. <laughs> Deck. Deck Nov. This is yeah. This is a, a stacked month as well. This is Nob where deck. all the all the Oscar baits. It's really kind of heavy this month. And obviously, looking at this list here, I'm like thinking of all the actors <laughs> or actresses in these films that I have, and like I I don't know how many Oscars they've already won among them. It's it's like ridiculous. But what is um, your pick, sir? What's that? What is your pick, sir? I think I know sir. what his pick's gonna be. Uh, I don't what think, I don't is think you your know. pick? I know what it is too. Write it down on a piece of paper, both of you. Uh, well, I'll just. I mean. I'm yeah. You know. I can't trust you, John. What I'll do it. is I will uh, I'll put a mark on on the list that I'm looking at here. Okay. It's on my list, and it was it was hard for me not to pick. <clears throat> okay. Uh, uh, basically, my pick is if is I took it top one. No. No. Uh, what? No, no. What? Let me see what you. No. Oh. Although that's on my list, Ronald. Oh. So well played. Uh, but uh, basically, if you took two of my favorite movies of the past few years. And took the cast, the filmmaker, top, and put them into a movie together. It would be this film, mm-hmm. and that would be if you took the fighter and Silver Linings Playbook and put them into a movie. It would be called American Hustle. You got it, John. <laughs> yes. All right, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Because you you were so in love with Silver Linings Playbook. I was too. But I mean, I knew yeah. I just knew you wouldn't be able to resist David O. Russell with this cast. The, the trailer is incredible for this one too. It is. I, yeah, I mean. Yeah, Bradley Cooper, Amy Adams, Jennifer Lawrence, De Niro, Christian Bale, with like the the, uh, the worst combination of awful seventies fashion and hair that you've ever seen in a film, but it works. But Jennifer Lawrence looks so good. Oh though. yes, she does. She does. Oh, I'm talking God. about the guys. Yeah, the the the, yeah. the women look extremely slutty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that sounds good. Oh man, excited. It's gonna be good. Oh man, and I don't really know a lot about the subject, the Abscam scandal. Yeah. Uh, reading a little bit about it for this, I mean, it just seems like it would. It feels like a movie that you'd almost like. We we're talking about Scorsese, like you would. It, it feels like he could make a movie like this too. Mm-hmm. But I'm really interested to see how uh, David Russell handles it um, with such a cast. And you gotta, you gotta believe that this movie is gonna be good. It's yeah. kind of, it's gonna be entertaining. They're putting, they're, they're putting yeah. it out at, right in that heart of all these other movies that I'm sure you guys will mention following me. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be great. Yeah, it's gotta be great. And you know, to have this type of talent with it, and uh, I just can't wait. American Hustle. Yeah, American John, Hustle. what do you got? 
Well, I think it's a bit of a predictable choice for me, but I cannot. Uh, I have not seen anything that doesn't make me think this movie looks great. But it's the new Coen Brothers movie, Inside Lou and Davis. It just looks like it's got a great cast. It looks like it's beautifully shot. Uh, I, I I noticed that it was co-produced with Scott Rudin, who also worked on No Country for Old Men, and um, what was the other movie he collaborated on with them? It was another one of their good ones. Oh, brother. Oh, True Grit and oh, No Country for Old Men were also co-produced by by Scott Rudin, and. That just to me tells me this might be one of those because those are two of my favorite Coen Brothers of the last you know ten years awesome. in the sense that they just feel like movies that are made both to to fulfill that artistic requirement of a Coen Brothers movie but they also are reaching towards a mainstream audience by being really well formed movies with you know mm. the sets the costumes everything about them and you know I love the Coen Brothers when they do kind of small and weird films like an, a Serious Man too but that movie was a kind of a niche wait there was a sequel to A Serious Man A Serious Man too. <laughs> oh wow even more serious <laughs> totally serious guys uh, but uh, it, this movie just looks I mean you see the trailer it's got all those kind of Coen's touches like having John Goodman in a movie um, <laughs> but it's the way that it's shot the the, the storyline I mean it's all about I, it's actually based on a an actual figure uh, Dave Van Rock, who was uh, an important folk musician in New York at the height of the kind of folk revival that happened in the early 60s. And he's kind of a forgotten name, but he was an important influence on on a lot of people. And he was kind of known as a guy who blended a lot of styles and was in New York City making this folk music. And it was sort of ironic for people that were in that scene because this was like the nucleus of this this music scene that was, you know, was being popular all over the world. But the music itself came from all these other places. There was no like indigenous folk music that was indigenous sure. to New York. So it's all these different flavors mm. and it's all these musicians that were doing something very authentic and traditional, but we're also kind of mixing it with all the cultural things going on at the time in New York. So that's a very interesting, fertile period for music. Mm. And it's exciting to think of someone making even a, a biopic of a guy like that. But the notion of the Coen brothers kind of coming in and doing their sort of loosely based on type, type thing where you might get a, a picture of this world but it really looks like we're following this one guy yep. and from the from the what I can tell we're following him as he tries to catch a friend's cat that he has accidentally lost which to me feels like there's your Coen Brothers <laughs> yeah. element of like here's this here's what's going to pull you through this world the other thing that blew me away about this though is that Oscar Isaac I barely recognized him from Drive and I had to kind of do a double take to realize that he's the he's the you know the the criminal who's gotten just gotten out of prison in Drive and in this, he looks like a totally different sort of guy. So it looks funny. It looks moody. It looks beautiful. It looks like the Coen brothers, and I can't wait. Okay. Um, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty is what I chose for December because I'm, I'm that type of person. It looks good. Looks good. Looks beautiful. But I feel like I'm being manipulated when I watch the trailer. Do you worry about a guy... We should say Ben Stiller is directing this and starring in yeah. it. Yeah. Do you worry about a guy who directs himself... In a movie where he looks so beautiful and sad, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. does it seem strange to imagine filming yourself being that character? Because that it looks like yeah. it's going to be a really like heart. I can't even tell whether what kind of movie it's going to be, but it, the the trailer is, is an emotional like, experience. Yeah, so it looks like something very like uh, egotistical about that. But it could be. Could be. It looks but, good though. But also looks beautiful mm -hmm. and something very beautiful frame. Every frame I've seen of that movie just looks really beautiful. The color palette, super bright, super vivid colors. I like stuff like that. 
and people getting tackled out of windows. Come on. Well, Adam Scott appears to be playing a douchebag. Yeah, well, that's a win for me. And Kristen Wiig, who I've always had a crush on, looks beautiful. In she it. does. She looks gorgeous. So yeah, she does that. No, I think that it just looks like a movie that's if it if it hits the right tone, it could be a really powerful movie. And if yeah, you're right. There's something self-serving. I can't quite. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could be. Like an ego trip for Ben Stiller, but when you think about the movies he's directed, he's got a pretty good track record. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There's definitely a lot of positive buzz about that film, like that it's Ben. This is like the Ben Stiller film. Mm-hmm. Like you know, this is a movie he's been working on for a long time, and it's like a passion project, and that that it shows apparently. Like, not I don't know that people have actually seen the whole film, but from a, a lot of the early buzz on it, that's what it sounds like. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it looks great too. Where yeah. are you guys with Ben Stiller in general? I like Ben Stiller. Yeah, I, I think he's. I don't really like, uh, like like the Meet the Parents films or like those mm-hmm. like no. stupid comedies. But see, I like Meet the Parents, but I didn't. It didn't need two others. The sequels, and I, think, I'm sorry, I think his yeah. career sorry, is yeah. full of that though, where it's like there was something yeah. kind of fun about it, and then it maybe got repeated. Yeah, basically, times. I don't like the ones where I feel like he's totally like it's a it's a paycheck. You know, like mm-hmm. just pump out what was funny about that first one. You know, like not that I love like Night at the Museum, but cool, cute film for like families. Yeah. But then you know this is like a franchise now. Uh, yeah, I didn't like the sequels Meet the Parents, but I I I've liked Ben Stiller for a long time. I mean, like I loved him uh, when he had his own show uh, on MTV. I really one of my favorite movies growing up as a teenager was always Reality Bites, mm-hmm. uh, which he's like no most people don't even remember him in that movie because it wasn't like the Ben Stiller that most people right. knew at that time. But uh, I, I like Ben Stiller a lot. I think he's funny and I think he could be great in this movie and I think it looks pretty great too. I think that yeah he keeps he periodically makes a movie that fits into me with sort of the career I had in mind for him when I saw there's something about Mary and I thought he was so great in that I really was so like good. I want to love this guy and it was like maybe maybe every second or third movie he's made was pretty good and then it got to a while got to a, you know his his sort of Hollywood period like how do you the, feel about Cable Guy I think it's great me too yeah I think it's love a real Cable guy. you know it's I would say movie. I would say it's underrated except that everyone I who actually I talk to who's sort of a movie buff seems to say that it's great so maybe it's one of those like maybe it's an underdog kind of movie but I think that it's just judged because it failed at the box oh, office as say, compared to Ace Ventura you know yeah, like, like miserable failure didn't Jim Carrey get the twenty dollar payday? I mean twenty twenty dollars. Crispy dollar twenty dollar bill. Twenty dollar. I think his he's making no, but he that was he when went for that, scale on that, that was one. when he was the twenty million dollar man. Yeah, and he was making and so I think that was the other thing is that that movie had so much pressure on it to follow up those huge grossing. But back then it was a huge deal when a movie broke a hundred million dollars and he had like a couple in a row and Cable Guy stalled it out. But I thought it was the best thing Jim Carrey had done up to that point. Really, yeah, I think it's great. I love Cable Guy. I love uh, the 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 Menendez brothers kind of riff that they do, yeah. <laughs> which Ben Stiller plays the plays them, yeah. No, the, within the movie, Ben Stiller is he's funny. He is funny. He's you know what he is. He's like the Tom Cruise of comedy, because he's one hundred he's one hundred percent, and not just that he does a great impression of Tom Cruise, but he just is one hundred percent into it. He puts his body into yes. it. His physique is into it. His you know what I mean. Everything about that guy is so intense. And sometimes you get that sort of. Like I do think that there's a, almost like a backlash against Ben Stiller because he has been in so many successful movies that weren't necessarily his best work. Maybe he needs a few more movies like Tropic Speaking Thunder. Speaking of Tom Cruise. Yeah. What'd you yeah. say? No, no, I'll say it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. No, you're right. God, that was a great movie. But yeah, I think that he that he's almost like a lot of people seem to love to hate Ben Stiller, and I'm always kind of rooting for him, but even though I would say that he's made some movies that weren't my... He has a lot of shitty movies. I mean, yeah. that's the thing, but he the, for the ones that are great, I mean, I'll never forget them. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like Zoolander. The first time I saw Blue Zoolander. Steel. Yeah. See, I mean, there's three movies right there that are yeah. like some of the funniest movies I can think of or yeah. qu- that I quote. I know? hated that movie when I first saw really? it. Really? Oh I my walked God. out of the theater. I, I saw it dying. again and I realized it like... Something clicked? Yeah, something clicked and I realized that the rhythm of the movie was... Just, I was just missing it. The first time I the saw The scene it. at the gas station with Wake Me Up Before <laughs> oh You Go. Oh, my God, John. That just was in my mind. That was the moment when I was like, I don't care what else this movie has in it. I have. I mean, I was going to piss myself And it gets so scene. dark at the yeah. end where it goes in slow motion. Yeah. You realize, oh, no. Oh, my God. So good. Uh, but, yeah, that, I'm excited for that. I'm, now that we talk about that more, that movie... Walter Mitty yeah. is going to be really interesting. I actually remember seeing the original one so... like, when I was a kid, like watching it like, with my grandparents, I think. Oh, okay. And I actually really liked it as a kid. Uh, I think like... Uh, Danny K. Danny K, yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously a way different film now, but the, 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 the uh, source material I had a lot of fun with when I was a kid. But Yeah, and the imagery just looks really strong. Absolutely. Still laughing at Zoolander? Still laughing at Zoolander? Dare leak my balls. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That movie <laughs> is so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell. Like, Owen Wilson in it. Yeah. Will Ferrell. Everybody is so funny. When they break into that, when they break into the headquarters and, like, they're, like, hitting the computer like they're monkeys. He's like, the files are in the computer? Like, that is so, it's brilliant. It is, like, totally what you think, like, an idiot model. Like, oh, God. It's such a good But movie. it's also, like, if you followed, and it's what you mentioned Ben Stiller's show, if you followed yeah. him since his sketch comedy days, he's a guy who, like, the silliness, he's got a really good sense of silly, you know? And it reminds me, like, in Tropic Thunder when he's doing the, was it Simple Jack? <laughs> yeah. That stuff is so, like, it's, it's silly. It's like there's a silliness that he can tap into that is just super potent. Big mistake. He yeah. went. He went full retail on that one. <laughs> oh God, I love God, that. Now that so... we're talking, about, I, I, I really like Ben Stiller a lot. I, I need to watch those three that we just oh talked my about. God. But Simple Jack. Did he have freckles? Yeah, probably. He had to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, December. Back to oh, December. Man. Speaking ben of Will Stiller. Ferrell, Anchorman. The legend continues. Yeah, yeah who knew that. this was going to be like a Ben Stiller love fest? Yeah, but that I mean, was fun. That was fun. Uh, Anchorman. I want to see. I do want to see Saving Mr. Banks, which Ronald yeah. thought was my pick. But uh, the last one I had was, uh, and I knew nothing about the source material, or the play it's based on from Tracy Letts, but August Osage County, which, I mean, the new trailer that came out this week I think looks incredible. Again, Benedict Cumberbatch, Julia Roberts, Meryl Streep. Apparently, she's already like written her Oscar speech from what people were saying, but uh, looks really cool. Like a f- Really? What a conceited bitch. I know, fucking Meryl Streep. So fucking uh, smug. <laughs> just like a family drama reunion brings his family together that obviously they have a lot of issues, but... Uh, yeah, a movie that looks as good as the title is terrible. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. It is a terrible title. Uh, Sam yeah. Shepard, Abigail Breslin, Ewan McGregor. Uh, just looks all... Just seeing... It's like weird. Even if I don't necessarily respond so much to the material of the what the movie's about like this family coming together and you obviously air out all their their baggage or whatever just seeing that much talent on the screen and knowing that the the material is good enough that they're going to be great in it like i think that's enough to just get me excited to watch just to watch like julia roberts and meryl streep in the scene together that's going to be great you know mm-hmm. or or seeing sam shepherd or richard jenkins is in it as well i think like with you and mcgregor in a scene that will, will be great as the father son or whatever it is that 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 setup for me is is worth a scene of me. And like that myself. what's the actress's name? Is it Juliet Nicholson? 
Julia that, Lewis? No, Juliet Nichols. She's also in that film. Uh, I think her name's Juliet Nichols. Oh, she plays the one sister, right? Yeah, and she was on uh, Boardwalk Empire. Right, 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 right. She's really good. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing her in a film. I think, actually, I think, I've the, heard, name, I think the name is right. I think, I think she, I think I read somewhere that she kind of steals the movie. That her really? character is, is okay. yeah, oh. the real surprise of the film. So That'd be cool. Did you guys have anything else for No. Admittedly, I haven't seen The Hobbit from last yeah. year yet. <laughs> I, I didn't see The Hobbit see either. Well, I could sum it up for you. The dwarves talk Bilbo into going on an adventure, and then they start the adventure. <laughs> All right. That's the movie. Yeah, that's the movie. Saved three hours of my life. Thanks, yeah. John. <laughs> so now that you can pick up the new one knowing that they're on an adventure. All right. That's how you start it. Cool. But yeah, I mean, coming off of a summer where like, I think overall we weren't really super impressed, there were some standouts or some ones that we really replied to or responded to. We replied to we them. We replied to them. We wrote back to the email. Did, have you heard this anything is, back from I, any of those films? I, I never heard back God, from, I never uh, do from World War Z. I feel like this second half is a lot better than the first half. Summer, a yeah, fucking I mean, that, that, fluke. And, and that's usually what happens. Like you, you definitely get like the cream of the crop usually comes out. Mm-hmm. I guess if you want to say quality-wise, like the substance-wise, <clears> it usually comes out in the fall. I mean, this is like the most exciting time because like, you know, we always talk about the Oscars. I love talking about Oscars and all the Oscar pools and, and uh you know the people that predict them and everything this is like the season for them and all the blogs that follow they just go crazy over this shit like all these movies we just talked about they're already talking about it no one's even seen these movies that's gonna be good it's gonna be a good time i think yeah definitely looking forward to having episodes based around probably all the movies that we just picked yeah i think we nov deck movies that didn't make our picks for those for november and december but after that there's a lot of bad movies we have to watch mm-hmm. that's when we've been jan febbed <laughs> a lot of jam febs coming up i i'm i'm looking forward to the the movies that surprise me i i mean i i i really do like a good surprise and and although i picked old boy i'm still you know i have my doubts but mm-hmm. like i i really want to you want it you want, want it to, to be, be surprised by yeah it. i want to be surprised and be like, oh that exceeded my expectations it's kind of how i feel only because i didn't know a lot about it honestly even that it was in a film that existed was that is prisoners yeah, Prisoners looks like, like it's I gonna... feel like it has a really, really great shot at just yeah. completely surprising me and like being like, this is a dark... Is it coming out like the 27th? Like a... When is it coming It comes out, out next, next Friday, the 20th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that it has that... It could be that movie that makes its way onto like a top 10, maybe. That's like, oh, well, I didn't even know that movie existed. Possibly. It'd be kind of like The Gray yeah, was... of 2013. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, but yeah, this, this, this fall is going to be awesome and I'm, like I said, look forward to... Cool. Going over them as they come out, and I'm sure we'll have plenty more to say once we actually see them. But Definitely. it'd be really sad if we don't have anything more to say about any of these. Films. <laughs> yeah, I was right; it was good. We just come yeah, in here and say, "Seen it. it next." <laughs> I was right. Yeah. Or Ronald For... comes back from Old Boy. I wasn't surprised. That one. Uh, <laughs> Let's hope not. Very sad. Otherwise, uh, but yeah, check us out on the iTunes. Subscribe if you're listening to this. Hopefully, you're already subscribed. Even if you don't subscribe, just come back and listen to the next one. Yeah, please do. Mm-hmm. Uh, rate it, start, do whatever you want with it. Don't delete it, though. We should probably give out a mailing address now that people know that Ronald likes surprises. Maybe people could start sending presents <laughs> in. <laughs> that might cheer him up. Think he, about his work mail. He, he's getting address. stressed What's your out. Number? He's getting stressed out with his job. It'd be nice if every time he came in here, we had a nice present for him. So, right. why don't, you know, anybody out there that wants to, like, knit Ronald a scarf or something and send it in, he likes surprises. And mothballs. Send me some mothballs. Don't don't do that. That no, you know what? I I hope they discontinue mothballs. That was actually why I brought it up. I hate them. Uh, but yeah, hit us up moviesmovie at gmail dot com, moviesmovie.net. Um, you know, I have a bone to pick with you listeners out there. When the podcast is over, you have 
approximately six days and 23 hours to fill before right. the next episode. Sometimes even more than that. So what is your problem? Why aren't you going on to iTunes, giving us a review, Don't be a hopefully dick. a good review, tell your friends, subscribe. There's all these things we say every time. I don't think they're doing it wrong. Well, how do they're we get listen. through to these people? I don't know, man. Steve? Brute force. I got nothing. All right. Just being persistent. Just keep keep, yeah. keep hitting them over keep the head going. with it. I just don't think you've been living up to your potential <laughs> as an audience lately. That's all. Review it. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> what are you looking at, John? <laughs> Is that an audience member over yeah, there? Yeah, I have like an imaginary <laughs> audience member. You don't, There's someone standing behind you, uh, Steve. The, the smallest person? Yeah. Good, good. So, yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. As always, you've made our day. Take care. Uh... Sorry about the strong words. <laughs> no, I think it was warranted. <laughs> People need to leave fucking reviews. <laughs> Do some goddamn reviews. Oh,